to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, the author of the book, which is available on Amazon, iTunes, and my website called Screw Infertility. And my website, where I write lots of blog articles and things like that, is moderndaymisses.com. Today, I have a very special guest on the show. Um, her name is Zara Haji, and she is the yoga goddess. And I thought I'd start today by just touching base with you on a few things before we start this incredible and super exciting interview. And the first uh, is, I guess, my motivation for doing what I do. Uh, so if I rewind back to my fertility journey uh, and when I first started in 2011, I really didn't know a lot. I thought I ate really healthily uh, and was doing all of the right things. As I went on my journey, I realized that I wasn't. And then it took me, you know, like two years into my journey to discover that I, you know, my mind wasn't right. I, what, like, I fixed up my body, but my mind just wasn't there and I wasn't coping well with the treatments and things like that. So my motivation for doing all of this is because I just don't want anyone to ever have to feel the way that I feel and I want to bring this information as quickly as possible to as many people as I can to help everyone get pregnant sooner and to learn life skills to be able to cope with the challenges that uh, not being able to have a baby straight away can bring with us and they're really life skills and things that help us move forward. So this interview with Zara uh, focuses, Zara is a total yoga guru uh, but she focuses a lot on the mind and body connection uh, and I talk about this a lot and this is why I had I've checked Zara out uh, and she is the real deal she is awesome and when you listen to her uh, interview on the podcast I don't know about you but I was just like man whatever she's drinking I'll have that water please because the way that she approaches everything is just so beautiful and so positive that energy imagine going through your treatments and just feeling like that and having that connection to your body. Um, so I've signed up as a partner to Zara's programs because I'm just such a fan of her work and that's why we've had her on the podcast. And I'll link to uh, some of her things um, in the show notes. And Zara has done a great job by like doing heaps and heaps of notes in the podcast notes. Um, and she's got a few free programs as well. Um, but I wanted to get her on because she is, you know, like a total expert in this and this is what she does on a full-time basis. Um, so she's there to help women with the mind-body connection. And I talk about this all the time um, and I haven't, I suppose, specifically ever talked about the actual research. Um, so there's two, I guess, sort of research articles that I want to refer to when I talk about the mind-body connection and the results that it has uh, on our treatment and things like that. And the first is a 2000 study that was done um, and it was done by four people, all uh, either PhD or MD, uh, and they published this in the Fertility and Sterility, um, I guess, journal in October 2001. Uh, so in their study, Basically, what they found was that stress was a factor uh, in what they called biologic endpoints, which is essentially the number of eggs uh, retrieved and fertilized. Um, and they found that um, 
I guess stress can have a negative impact on pregnancy, live birth delivery, birth weight, and multiple gestations. Um, and it can negatively affect your, your IVF cycles. Um, there was then another study done in 2000, or it was published in June 2011 uh, in the same journal. Uh, and this was done by even more people, you know, with PhDs and MDs, real total nerds. Uh, and basically, they wanted to study whether a mind-body group intervention um, would result in any kind of increase in the pregnancy rates of women about to undergo their first IVF cycle. And the results were incredible. So the people who didn't attend the mind-body intervention, so the control group, had a 20% success rate. But the people who um, who did undertake this mind-body intervention had a 52% success rate uh, in their second IVF cycle. So, you know, what, what, the things that I talk about is I want you to get pregnant sooner and I want you to be able to cope. And mind-body connections, uh, it's so powerful. And really, that's sort of the last key to what I learned uh, on my journey and it's really provided me with lifelong skills going forward um, in terms of just generally how I handle things, how I handle stress, my outlook on life um, and there's lots of different um, other benefits like it just increases your sense of control, it reduces your feeling of isolation, it improves your lifestyle habits, improves your self-esteem uh, and reduces um, that negative feeling when you're coping with um, tough times in your life like infertility or fertility struggles. So that's why I talk about that. And I also think, you know, like if you can fall pregnant sooner, if you can reduce uh, by one IVF cycle, an IVF cycle is thousands of thousands of dollars. So sometimes I do recommend things that cost money, but I recommend things that cost, you know, like a couple of hundred bucks here and there, uh, because I think that a couple of hundred bucks is way better than thousands and thousands of dollars. And the time and the, um, I guess, emotional impact uh, of not being able to have kids. So that's kind of my motivation for doing what I do. Uh, and if you listen to this podcast with Zara, you know, as I said, the way that she refers to things is just magical. And if you don't li finish listening to this podcast and think, oh, I feel just amazing. I feel like I could feel this awesome energy through the podcast, then I'll eat my hat because I, you know, I really think that this one's worth listening to. And she has some great yoga poses uh, that she follows uh, and things like that. So have a listen and let me know what you think. Fertility Warriors podcast and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about your journey into yoga and how you've sort of come um, to be at the place that you're at now. Absolutely. So um, I would call my journey into yoga basically a path of healing. When I was first called to yoga, it was because um, I grew up experiencing really intense back pain um, from a condition called scoliosis. And my yoga practice is really what helped me to manage the pain. Um, 
and sort of, you know, normalize, have something to that's a go-to place that's not medication um, or not seeing different practitioners, but something that I could really do for myself on a daily basis. Um, yeah. yeah, and then later in life, um, in my 20s, I fell into kundalini yoga, which was something that I'd never experienced before and very different from the hatha yoga practice that I had that I'd had about 10 years prior to finding kundalini yoga. And that was a really um, eye-opening, sort of transformative experience. I, I remember when I signed up for a teacher training, I said, I'm not going to be one of those typical yoga teachers who say, yoga changed my life. And then I kind of, <laughs> you know, I kind of, my tail between my legs walked away from the teacher training saying, yeah, yoga changed my life. <laughs> I've had so many moments yeah. where I've said, I'm never going to do that. And then I'm like, oh, I'm just never going to say never again. <laughs> um, so can you tell me a little bit about the kundalini style of yoga and what um, that is about? Some of our listeners might be a little bit new to yoga, so perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the history, the different styles, um, and about the Kundalini style. Absolutely. So, yeah, yoga is really an ancient practice that dates back somewhere between five to 10,000 years ago, so it's not something that we have, like, a specific date exactly of when it started. Um, but essentially, all yoga practices are based, the design of the yoga is what it's created to do is to raise energy through these seven centers in your body called chakras. So, um, you know, from a physiological point of view, we know we have our spine and the energy centers, they live sort of um, in a space that it's not um, a concrete space that we can touch and feel, but an energetic space. Um, and the chakras are essentially um, where you move the energy from the base of the spine through the reproductive organs and then up through the heart, the throat, the third eye, and the crown of the head. And kundalini yoga, which is the yoga that I'm trained in, is a very specific physical and spiritual practice of moving this energy up through the chakras for healing and also for deep evolution and transformation. So it really kind of changes you from the inside out. And the other powerful aspect of kundalini yoga when it comes to fertility is the first three chakras are all located in the reproductive organs of the female body. Um, so as you move the energy, it's, it also creates a change in her reproductive physiology. And we'll get into that, I think, a little bit more later into the podcast as we're, we're talking through um, how the yoga specifically works for, for fertility. Um, the part of the kundalini yoga practice that really stands out for me um, as, as sort of at the core difference is that you're working with the feminine energy called Mata Shakti. And this is the feminine mother energy of creation. And I truly believe that between the the way that it accesses your pituitary gland and endocrine system, plus this really powerful connection to the feminine, that this is what really makes kundalini yoga very different 
the practice of kundalini yoga has a really different effect both on your mind, on your body, and of course on your fertility. So in the practice that I share with my clients, I give them a kriya, which is a set of prescribed postures. And like I said earlier, it optimizes the functioning of the pituitary gland. And for those of you who don't know, the pituitary gland is the master gland of the endocrine system and is essentially responsible for healthy hormonal and reproduction. So it regulates FSH, which matures the eggs in the ovaries. It also regulates estrogen and progesterone through your cycle and then even oxytocin in labor. Um, and from a yogic perspective, the pituitary gland also regulates a woman's mental and emotional health plus the way she feels about life, which, as we know, through extensive mind-body research on fertility, you can actually change your outcomes, your pregnancy outcomes, after an average of three years of infertility by over 50% when you follow a proven mind-body practice designed for fertility. And that's essentially what I've done with Moon Goddess, which is my practice that I've created that's based on kundalini yoga plus other uh, other practices like breathing, guided visualization, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, etc. So um, we can talk about that a little bit more later. Just love it all, honestly. I've just been really enjoying listening to you speak because that's just, you know, all of the stuff that I really love. And I always talk yeah. on my podcast about that connection um, between those mind body techniques. And, you know, for some people, uh, it could improve their fertility in general. But for people going through IVF and things like that, I always like to put you know, like a cost to it. Like if you can improve your success rates by 50%, it means less time doing this, less stress doing this, less cost doing these procedures. So it's just so worthwhile, um, even, you know, like just at that kind of, that cost base and things like that. Not even yeah. talking about the overall well-being of ourselves and, you know, like not being a hot mess compared to being someone who feels like they can cope and has... Yeah, it's truly an invaluable gift. Um, those coping skills, not only, of course, do they help you through fertility, but they help you cope through all the stress that fertility impacts in the rest of your life. It's not just, you know, isolated to being at the clinic um, and going through the procedures, but it really filters into so many parts of your life. And when you have that ability to manage the thoughts in your head and feel like you have something that you can rely on that's in your power, that gives you a sense of control over your own body and essentially your own life and your future, it really changes how you, not only you respond to the treatment, uh, which of course it has an actual impact on the numbers of eggs and follicles that you create. It usually has an impact, of course, then on the embryos that you get if you're in a treatment cycle, but it changes your whole attitude um, in terms of your emotional experience of what you're going through and how you perceive yourself. Sometimes people feel like, you know, they're being punished or like, why is this happening to me and what have I done, you know, to deserve this kind of thing. So all of that, all of those thoughts can really negatively impact not only your your mindset, but the outcomes. In fact, I, I, there's a recent study that's come out, which is shocking, that says that it, if you're in a, a positive affect state, which is essentially 
in a positive mindset, it's actually been shown that you're 90% more likely to have a, a, a more positive outcome with IVF. Again, that's a shocking number. Yep, absolutely. So let's talk for a moment just specifically on yoga because you are the yoga goddess. So you're like a, you're the feminine energy. You're here to help us um, survive infertility. So can you talk uh, to us specifically about um, yoga for fertility and, you know, like stress relief uh, in this infertility space um, and, you know, a little bit more about perhaps what positions or what women can sort of look for. Uh, Absolutely. So, you know, the, the one thing that I hear over and over from women and I can completely understand is, first of all, stress has an enormous impact. And when someone tells you to just relax or go on vacation, um, it's really not that simple. And so we have to actually have a formula of what does that mean? How do I relax? How do I reduce my stress? Because the truth is it actually feels impossible to relax when you feel like you have so much riding on, you know, whether it's the next cycle where you're trying naturally or the next cycle that you're in a treatment. So if you're, you know, really honest with yourself, a lot of the times there's a sense of uh, a lack of confidence and sometimes even secretly questioning whether you truly can sustain a healthy pregnancy. And so, you know, when we talk about fertility yoga, people think, oh, you know, I could just go to a yoga class at my, at the local yoga studio and, and they have yoga. So I'll, you know, I'll just relax. But the thing is that it's such an intense journey. There's, you know, mental and emotional and physical challenge to infertility. So if you just disconnect for an hour, you know, maybe part of that hour you'll feel some sense of relaxation, but it won't necessarily address all the underlying pain and hurt and sadness that often accompanies the fertility journey. And this is really at the heart of what I teach through Moon Goddess, which is the heart-womb connection. Because in Chinese medicine, they've actually, they talk about what's called bao mai or the, the uterine vessel and how, you know, years of struggling with infertility takes a toll on your heart, which eventually translates into taking a toll on your womb, on your uterus as well. So what I want for my clients is a, a place, like almost like a sanctuary where they can go to in their own lives and have a space where they can nurture themselves, they can do specific practices that not only increase blood flow and circulation to the ovaries and the uterus, but that also calms the mind, that helps the stress literally melt out of the body. And, and the other part of it, Robin, for me is, you know, sometimes when you want something desperately and it feels like nothing is working and you feel frustrated and kind of like antagonized by life. Um, and it doesn't feel like anything is in your control. And this is why something that you can do at home for yourself, 15 minutes a day, it's empowering because it's something that you can do for yourself and starts to restore your faith and your confidence in your own body. And the way I liken it is, you know, some people pray 
and they kind of feel like there's an emptiness. There doesn't feel like this conversation is really a two-way conversation. It feels more like a one-way conversation. And the power of kundalini yoga is you actually feel like you're yeah. talking to the mother energy of creation. It's, it's a sense of feeling that everyone that has ever done my program tells me they, even within like a few days of practicing, like within five days, I've got emails saying, I cannot believe how different I feel. And it's the breathing. It's the, you know, mental focus. It's the physical movement that's, you know, it's prescriptive in nature. So the difference between a Hatha yoga practice and a Kundalini practice is I haven't made up the Kundalini practice. It's a sequence that's passed down, you know, from an ancient tradition that is actually been created to move energy in a particular way which is why the I, I use a sequence specifically to move energy and uh, and work with the pituitary gland which of course regulates all the endocrine hormones that are specific for fertility so in terms of what practice to do like what poses to do that's the difference between a hatha practice and a kundalini practice it's not like I would say do this one pose and it's going to, um, you know, from a kundalini perspective, it doesn't particularly work that way. I will give you three poses that I give to clients um, as a resource that want to try out yoga, you know, for a treatment cycle specifically or even a, a natural cycle. You don't have to be in treatment that is really effective for the, the physiological aspects of the, the cycle. So, for example, um, I really like the butterfly pose for when you're going through stims, for example. There's, so you're essentially stimulating the ovaries. Um, and for some women that can, you know, sometimes ovulation is already uncomfortable. Forget about when you're adding drugs to the mix, right? So if you're already a person who feels ovulatory, you know, sensation, taking the stimulation drugs can make it feel like, whoa, it's like so much uh, feeling in, in the ovaries, it's uncomfortable sometimes. So the butterfly pose helps you to, A, breathe through it, moving your, you know, knees, fluttering your knees up and down. And creating that sense of like spaciousness because it almost feels like there's too much, like it's compacted. It's getting too big in there. So we want to move, you know, space and energy, um, and feel like there's a more circulation there. And then there's a, a forward bend that comes with that pose that I like to give, but to be careful when you're in a stim cycle. If you're in a natural cycle, it will feel really nice, that forward bend, but sometimes if it feels kind of too full, you want to just be mindful um, in the forward bend for the, the butterfly. And then for um, like when you're doing retrieval or even like during ovulation, doesn't have, like I said, you don't have to be in a treatment cycle. I really like the, um, the bridge position. So you can think of it as hip lifts. And it's really good because it um, not only strengthens your, your back, um, but it works with the, again, strengthening the reproductive organs, the uterus. You know, when you're going through retrieval, again, it's an invasive procedure. Um, they're essentially extracting, you know, the, the eggs from your ovaries. So it's going to be tender and sensitive. So if you prepare for it beforehand, 
then it makes the the whole procedure a lot less uncomfortable because you again have put some you know energy and focus into strengthening that part of your body and also again blood flow and circulation um not only will it help like make you feel good but it actually improves the quality of the eggs and the lining um you know later on in the cycle uh, so the last pose that i really like is legs up the wall um or even like yeah or even legs up your bed like it doesn't have to be on the wall cuz sometimes if you have a tight like tight hamstrings or or tight low back it's uncomfortable to put your legs straight up the wall so you can you know just swing your legs up the bed and lie down rest of your body on the floor and it's a, it's really deeply restorative and relaxing and it actually has been proven to really drop stress levels significantly um and also change sort of that negative feeling in your mind so you know calming down all those the stream of negative thinking um but it's also really good for increasing blood flow and circulation and you know you might know for for pregnancy it really helps take the load off your feet so it's a overall really great position uh to use um and again these are more you know one pose for a particular to help with a particular symptom for example um but the a, a complete practice which would be what we talked about earlier so visualization breathing uh yoga meditation which is really important um which is more of like a mind body practice and that's where we see actual outcomes of fertility change and can you know it's amazing there's been studies from Alice Domar that actually shows after an average of 3. something years thing is 3.3 years of infertility that 55% of the women in that in that particular study ended up getting pregnant after um after following a proven mind body for fertility program and they've replicated that outcome and that's the same kind of outcome i see with with the people with the clients that follow my program it's just fascinating isn't it it's kind of almost like it's a recipe you know or like a toolkit of you know this is a toolkit of what you can do this is what you can do to survive this is what you can do to improve um you know like your outcomes and it really is so important and all of the research that is coming out uh about these things now it's just so powerful and i love what you said about giving yourself a bit of control mm-hmm. so you sort of when you're going through this fertility journey look i know from my own experience you know i was trying on my own nothing was working i was like i'm out here in the wilderness no one's helping me i don't know what i'm doing and then i've kind of gone and my fertility you know over to a fertility specialist and you know you feel like there's no control and i'm a big you know a lot of the women yeah trying naturally you know i think it's so empowering to be able to do something like this but for women who are at a fertility clinic i think that it i you know i do have a, an immense amount of uh, respect and trust for fertility specialists but i also exactly important that we still make sure that you know we're not necessarily meddling in what they're doing but we're doing what we can do on our side and this is the kind of thing um and everyone who's part of our fertility warriors group you'll all know that this is all of the stuff that I'm about I'm about you know like what you eat what you drink and how you think and you know like the 
if we always miss these kind of, like sometimes we look at the diet and things like that, but we're missing that mind body area. We've just forgotten. Yeah. And that's really, you know, if you don't mind if I interrupt you, that's really at the heart of what I, what I originally started teaching through Moon Goddess, because we have a deep feminine wisdom that lives within us. It's an heritage, a heritage if you can think of it that way. You know, women have been having menstrual cycles and pregnancies since the beginning of time. And so many of us, are almost divorced from that wisdom, from that knowledge that there is wisdom in your body, that your menstrual cycle is actually a reflection of nature, that every month you cycle through four distinct phases that mirror the phases of the moon, that mirror the seasons, and the feminine energy is embodied in you every single month through your cycle. So, you know, a big part of, you know, what you were saying earlier this connection, the mind-body connection, you know, when you're so focused only on ovulation and it's one part of your cycle that has all this pressure, it's too, almost, it's just too much, really. And if you're at a clinic, of course, you could be seeing the best doctors, taking the most, you know, exquisite protocol of drugs, but that's the doctor's job and your job is to, get yourself in the best mindset and and actually believing that what you're doing is helping. So many times I hear from clients, I'm going into an IVF, but I don't actually think it's going to work. You know, I'm, you know, like I'm setting myself, like, you know, people who I ha- who are maybe wanting to work with me and improve their chances. But because when you, when you're going into an IVF and thinking, well, it didn't work last time and, Maybe it won't work this time, and maybe I should just prepare myself because I don't want to be so crushed like I was the last time. Um, this kind of setting yourself up, which is, of course, understandable. Nobody wants to be, you know, uh, have all their hopes crushed and feel fall into a depression. And at the same time, you really don't want to start an IVF cycle from that place. Um, because belief has such a big impact on your expectation and your expectation, if you, you know, understand or, or follow the law of attraction, you are creating essentially so much of your own reality through what you believe is possible. And belief, and that's tricky, um, because sometimes it, people can hear that as self-blame. It's really not, but it's a, it's like training you. You know, just like when you go to the gym, the first day you're not going to lift the heaviest weight. It takes some time. You know, the first time you're not going to run a 10-kilometer marathon. It takes some time to build yourself up. So right away you're not going to be able to change your mindset and your belief immediately from uncertainty to 100% confidence. That takes some time and some practice. And so what I like to do is almost like put a pause on – trying to force an outcome and say, okay, well, there's wisdom in my body that I've been disconnected from, and I'm going to take, you know, a few cycles, ideally three cycles, and I'm going to focus on myself. I'm going to rebalance my hormones. I'm going to experience all four phases of my cycle, not just ovulation, which puts too much pressure on me, but I'm going to work with my pre-ovulatory 
energy and my ovulatory energy and my premenstrual energy and my menstrual energy and understand that there's a balance of darkness and light, that there's four feminine archetypes that you cycle through, the maiden, the mother, the enchantress, and the wise woman, and each of them has unique gifts for you. And by working with these archetypal energies, you are tapping in to a tapestry of the feminine that is much bigger than yourself, that when you connect to, you realize you're part of something much larger than your own personal journey, and that there's energy for you to connect to and harness and feel in your own body. And that's sort of like that call and answer of the universe. I put my call out to the mother energy of creation, and I feel the response through my periods getting maybe more regular, less painful, my PMS improving, my sex drive improving, um, my outlook on life looking brighter, feeling, you know, more optimistic, not feeling so much pressure and stress during ovulation, but instead feeling more loving as you're supposed to feel, more connected, more like you want to connect with your partner and share, you know, a beautiful experience of sexual intimacy And, you know, I had one woman write to me last Christmas after she had her son, and she said after $50,000 of treatment, eight rounds of IUI, two failed rounds of IVF, in three months she got pregnant naturally with Moon Goddess. So, you know, I really think there's something to giving yourself that time to heal yourself, reconnect with yourself, connect with your own feminine power and wisdom, and, and see whether it's, you know, in conjunction with a treatment cycle, which also works beautifully, um, or a preparation up to a treatment cycle, or like you're, you're, you're kind of fed up and you need a break, and give yourself, you know, a chance to see if what can you do with your own healing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it's about, I think, as you say, doing something for yourself and from what I know of kundalini yoga that it's that beautiful feminine energy is what it's all about and it's about connecting um your <laughs> mind and things like that so that's what I love about um that but can we um now just talk about the moon goddess program program because you've got me very excited about it I must say <laughs> um and you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast um you know, it's not just—it's not just yoga. It's not just like the breathing. And you sure okay. So there are different components of the program. So I'll sort of start off with where I left off previously, which is the four phases of your menstrual cycle, and what I call your goddess energies. So archetypally speaking, we have four archetypes. So traditionally, we know them as the maiden, the mother. Uh, usually we don't know about the enchantress, but you can think of like the witch energy and the wise woman or crone energy. So in our modern world, I, I changed the names a little bit to the go-getter, the nurturer. I like the enchantress, so I keep her the way she is, um, and the wise woman. So these four archetypes, they are actually, um, they manifest in the different parts of our cycle. So uh, the maiden or go-getter energy comes right after your period in your pre-ovulatory state. And that's where you feel sort of like that energy coming back to you. Your mind feels clear and you're like, whew, that's over now and I feel back to myself. 
Um, so that's sort of like that refreshed energy of the spring. And then you have your ovulatory time, which is meant to be the time of abundance and radiance, like the full moon or the full blossom of summertime. And that's the nurturer energy. And then you have the enchantress, which unfortunately in our modern time, instead of the witch, we more like the bitch. So, you know, we have, that's our opportunity to work with our own inner magic and our feminine um, wiles, which a lot of us don't really know how to work with. Um, but that's the gift of the enchantress of channeling what sometimes can feel like destructive, anxious, premenstrual energy into something very powerful and um, almost magical, seductive even. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then the wise woman, which is, you know, menstruation and a deeply intuitive time, you know, where we go inward, like in winter time, a sense of hibernation and sort of going inside yourself and hearing your inner wisdom. It's really a powerful time for meditation and healing. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So, you know, the archetypes and the energies of your cycle, when you work with them holistically, so what I do is I give you visualizations for each phase of your cycle to connect with these four different goddess energies and start to experience your cycle from a completely different place. So it's less about, you know, um, how many follicles and, um, you know, how big are the follicles and, and all of that is really it, of course, important, and when you're going through a cycle, it's important information. But this sort of lets the doctors take care of that and gives you something for you to take care of, which is working with your own energy. And and you will see the actual translation in the outcomes, but more importantly, in how you feel. A lot of times I'll hear from my clients, before I got pregnant, the gift of moon goddess is I got myself back. Because it, often it can feel like you've lost yourself in all of this. So it's kind of like, you know, coming back to yourself, working with the archetypes, listening to the visualizations before you go to bed is what I recommend. Yeah. And then the yoga practice is split up into um, the moon goddess flow practice and then the kundalini practice, which is more about, um, you know, working with your endocrine system and your hormones and then the the moon goddess flow practice is more about working with blood flow and circulation to the ovaries and the uterus. So you get these two practices and I give you three different kinds of practice schedules. So you can decide based on how much time you have. If you have only 15 minutes, then you do the minimum practice schedule. If you have, you know, maybe more like 30 minutes, you do the medium practice schedule. And if you have more time to dedicate than there's a maximum practice schedule. So essentially, at a minimum, you're doing 15 minutes a day. Um, I, I like for one day a week, you have a full practice, which at the beginning will be more like 90 minutes as you get used to it. Um, and you don't have to like stop and pause the videos. It works out to more like 70 or 65 minutes of a practice. And it includes, um, you know, tuning in. So connecting your mind to your heart, to your womb, setting your intention. Why are you doing this? Coming back to the heart of that. 
then it takes you through the series of postures that are more for reproductive um, health, more for, like I said, blood flow and circulation and strengthening the reproductive organs. And, you know, it, it, it improves like your period and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then the Kundalini practice, which is, you know, um, special breathing techniques, uh, postures that are, you know, sequenced in a way to, like I said, raise particular energies. And you feel like your mind kind of goes very, very clear. Um, it's like all the fog clears. So you can literally feel like your brain is being affected, which is where, you know, your pituitary gland is. It's in your brain. So both the pituitary, sorry, both the pituitary and the pineal glands, the hypothalamus gland, all of them are in your brain. And the kundalini practice, it basically gently stimulates all these different glands. So you feel very clear headed. The, the brain gets really sort of spacious, if you will. So of course you feel really uplifted, which is wonderful. Um, and then there's a relaxation, guided relaxation, lying down body part by body part, kind of like a body scan. And then a special kundalini meditation to regulate the menstrual cycle and all the hormones, uh, estrogen, progesterone, FSH, LH are all, you know, part of that. So it's a, a, a particular breath meditation that works on many levels, um, partly on the brain, partly on the endocrine system. And it also calls on the same energies that I talked about in the very beginning, which are related to the cycle of life. So you have, you know, sort of the initiation, the spark of life. Then you have birth. Uh, you have sort of that transition and or death and rebirth. So the cycle of life is embodied in the seasons. So death is like, you know, menstruation and winter. Um, you know, sort of that coming, the sparks of life is like spring or um, pre-ovulation, that, you know, full birth blossom time is ovulatory time and um, summertime, and then we come back to the starting the cycle over. So all of that is embodied in us every single month, and it's a natural way that we live in the world as women. We're cyclical beings. And so the meditation, the breath meditation, calls on that cyclical energy, so you're pressing your thumb to each different fingertip, you're doing a particular breath pattern, you're using a mantra. So if you've never meditated before, sometimes people say, well, to me, you know, I can't concentrate. The beauty of this meditation is you can't not concentrate because you're doing so much. <laughs> so you're doing so many. Yeah. <laughs> so because it, you're so engaged, you're doing a breath, you're doing a hand position, you're doing a silent mantra. Um, it keeps you really focused and you can, again, feel the impact on your brain and on your energy system that really makes you feel good, you know, after you complete the practice. So, um, you know, once I was, it's kind of a funny story, once I was uh, seeing a private client in her home and we did the complete practice and then her husband came home and he looked at us and her eyes were glistening and, you know, we looked kind of like, he basically his comment was, did you guys just smoke a doobie? <laughs> Because we looked so elated, you know, like kind of like out of this world. So, you know, that's sort of the the extra bonus benefit of doing a kundalini practice. It really does give you a high 
make you feel really amazing, as well as all these, of course, wonderful fertility benefits that it gives you as well. Exactly. Yeah, so there's audios, which are the visualization meditations that you listen to before you go to bed at night. There's videos that guide you through the actual physical practice, all of what I just described, um, setting your intention, tuning in, the flow practice, the, the kundalini practice, and the meditation, the relaxation and meditation practice. I also give two more bonus audios, one for timelessness, when it feels like you're running out of time or you waited too long or you're getting too old. This one, that meditation, it's a visualization, sorry, that really helps sort of let yourself off the hook and give yourself sort of that that permission to relax and be okay. And then another visualization um, is sort of a bonus that combines all the different, sorry, it's especially for conception. So it combines all the different goddess energies. Um, So I like to do that around ovulation or if you're, you know, like doing an embryo transfer or something like that. It's a nice bonus meditation. And then the last thing that you get is um, how to chart your cycle with the moon. So as you start to understand your own personal, you know, we hear a lot about flow. What does flow really mean? Nobody really knows. Um, But every month you cycle, and when you start to understand that, oh, you know, around day 10, I tend to always feel like this, or around day 17, I notice my energy starts to really drop. And around day five, I had this burst of energy and I can get a million things done. So as you start to track your own cycle, not for mucus and body, basal body temperature, which you can also add if you want to the chart, but to really start seeing your own emotional and mental changes and even physical changes throughout the month, you start to realize, oh, there's a pattern. Um, every month I cycle through a particular sort of similar pattern and after like three months, of collecting this information, you really understand yourself in a deep way, and it helps your partner understand your needs better because you understand your needs better. You understand kind of what to anticipate and expect throughout the month. Um, and I like to say, you know, rather than going to a psychic or an astrologer, you can kind of predict how you're going to feel and be what you need throughout your cycle. And uh, so it's a really, it's a really profound practice of. Um, getting to know yourself and deepen your own relationship with yourself and have a different relationship with your cycle altogether. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Perfect. Awesome. I love it. So um, I will include, um, obviously, the link to the Moon Goddess program uh, as well as the poses that you've included. That you- yes. Uh, in this podcast and I just wanted to give a shout out as well because one of the episodes of my podcast was how to keep the spark in your relationship and you have a freebie on your site which is a sexual intimacy thing to help people with I and do. I just think I do yeah so it's sex positions basically um, that maximize conception. Of course, it's also just fun. Um, and I forgot to mention, you do also get Sensual Magic, which is uh, a, another program that I include with Moon Goddess now. So essentially how to tap into your own feminine uh, allure and, you know, really enhance relationship intimacy and bring that 
that spark back into. So it's not just about intercourse, but how do you use these different goddess energies to um, to intimately connect with your partner throughout your cycle so that it doesn't become this pressure of only sex when I'm ovulating, but you start to really enjoy your sex life again, which is really important. Um, so, yeah, you also get sensual magic and 30 minutes. Um, I still have this offer up. Um, I don't know how long it will be up, but 30 minutes of a consultation with me to talk specifically about your situation. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Robin. 